the dead beard boys. Welcome back to the 573 Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Ebers. And I'm co-host Travis Owen. And on today's episode, our guest is J.R. Lanham. And he has a pedigree for Colin Turkeys. His resume speaks for itself as he's won quite a few world championships. And uh, you may also recognize his name from a TV show, Bloodline, where he was slaying some turkeys. Yeah, and we're going to get into that here in just a bit. Yeah, today we're going to talk about some of his turkey tactics and uh, his calling and how that translates to his turkey hunting. So I guess let's get right into it, Travis. Yeah. All right, we're rolling, guys. Uh, Let's do a little bit of orientation of the room myself the host steven co-host travis owen jr lanham all right so now that we're orientated i'm not gonna lie uh i'm just gonna go ahead and say shame on me because uh as the host of a podcast i should probably know our guests a little bit better but seeing how i uh just got into turkey hunting a little bit the last couple years I, i don't have that history and that personnel luckily travis uh was able to introduce me to you and and i think that uh you know for the listeners we should definitely hear about the credentials so um from my understanding you've done some competitions in your day and and been pretty successful at it so could you tell us a little bit about that yeah i've been fortunate enough to do pretty good in some contests uh i'll just kind of start you out from the beginning i uh i started turkey calling when i was 16 17 years old just for hunting you know i didn't do competitions i just i felt like to be a better hunter i need to be a better turkey caller so i kind of you know got a passion for it there practice all the time well it wasn't long you know everybody around the house got telling me jr you know you need to go to some of them contests you're the best around you know and boy yeah i'll do that well they had a little contest about 60 miles north of the house well, just because I was the best around Bunker didn't mean I was the best within 60 miles because I come in dead last. <laughs> oh, man. And, uh, boy, that just kind of burnt me. You know, and I was down and out. And I went home and practiced, listened to turkeys, practiced, practiced. Anyway, I went back the next year, and uh, I was able to win it. You know, that's kind of a little bit of redemption. So then I started going to local county contests all around close to home, and I went, and, you know, about everywhere I went. And finally I decided, boy, I need to – get in on that pro division you know then wtf sanctioned events so once again just because i was the best in several counties around i was dead last at the professional contest you know and uh and boy i went home went to work again and then finally went back to that contest it was the national championships down in yellville and i ended up winning it three years later you know and that was a how old were you at that point oh i didn't I, I missed a little bit there. You know, I started – I probably – from when I started turkey call when I was 16 and 17, I probably didn't start competing until I was 21 or two years old. Okay. And then uh, – and I was probably about 25 when I won my first contest. You know, it was, I guess about back in 2000 and – been about 2005 when I started doing that. And uh, anyhow, it – I've just been blessed, you know. I've been able to win that national contest six times, and the U.S. Open. I won the U.S. Open, and uh, I've been uh, first runner-up in the Grand Nationals, and won the Grand National two-man three times, and the World two-man twice with my partner Mitchell Johnson from North Carolina. So, uh, been pretty fortunate, you know. I'm won the Missouri State, won the Missouri Open, Mid America Open, and probably 
if I was roughly guessing, probably 50, 60 contests. Wow. That's, yeah, that, that's a that's a rap sheet for yeah, sure. Absolutely. <laughs> so um, with that, you know, were you were you being coached at all during that time, or were you just kind of being creative and trying to figure out things on your own? Well, I was basically trying to do a lot of stuff on my own, and, you know, things were a lot different, you know, and that's just how much things have changed since, like, 2000, you know, 2004 or five when I was calling you know, everything I learned, you know, yeah, I knew we need to sound like a turkey, but there's still little hidden tricks and things that, you know, that the judges want to hear. Well, to figure that out, you had to go watch a contest. You know, okay. I had to watch the people that was winning and all that. I mean, go to them and learn, and, and everything was so secretive. Well, now long comes the Internet. You know, anybody and their brother could sit at the house and watch the best turkey callers in the world, you know, and match it up with audio of real turkeys, and, and they're just years, I mean, just – so much more advanced than you know like i was getting started because it's just right there at their fingertips if they want to do it they've got it to, to see you know mm-hmm. yeah when travis we we went down to uh the indian creek shooting systems mm-hmm. uh, a few weeks ago and that guy was telling us about some kid that was like yeah he's like 13 yeah and he's he's doing a lot uh roberts yeah yeah oh you know the name Chase roberts apparently he's real good and he's yeah. young just like you had mentioned you know at, now that that information is kind of out there, it's... Yeah, he's a really good caller. Really good kid. Wow. Small world. Yeah, no, super small world, especially once you start going to contests. And that's with that's with any type of contest, whether it's a calling contest or a field trial with dogs or whatever, yeah. which that's that's how I know JR is my dad. And, and JR both uh, both ran um, field trial dogs and, and got linked up that way and, and just stayed good family friends for, you know, a lot of years but cool cool um so i guess my first question is uh you know we're we're getting near turkey season now and nothing like talking to a world champion turkey caller and seeing how that translates to your turkey hunting do you find being a better caller has helped in the woods i don't think that it i don't think that calling is the key i mean number one when it comes to turkey hunting it's your setup in my opinion that's where it all starts now do i I think it's got its benefits to sound just like a turkey or 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 to be able to correctly make all the different sounds you know the turkey makes because you know i always say you know when you're turkey hunting you know everybody you're not calling to a turkey you know everybody talks about calling to turkey you should be talking to that turkey you know he's you know you're having a conversation back and forth you're telling him hey I love you. You need to come over and see me, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, but you know, a lot of people just, you know, especially, you know, hunting public ground and stuff and you, and you hear other hunters, you know, how many times I've heard people on the next ridge over just, just yelp, 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 yelp. I mean, just same. And it was almost like they were in a pattern of what they were doing, mm-hmm. you know, just the same things over and over and over. And it don't make no reason to a hen turkey would never do that, you know? So, so figuring out what a turkey would actually do, and trying to emulate the call, I mean, so you're, what you're saying is you don't have to be the, the world's best caller, but you need to at least know what that hen is going to do. I think you need to paint the picture, okay. you know, yeah, and that's, makes sense, uh, dude. And, uh, and no, you don't have to be, you know, with, with turkey hunting, you know, you don't have to be the best caller. I mean, you got, I mean, you got to have the good cadence and rhythm. And, and like I said, just be saying what that turkey wants to hear. You know, I shoot, you know, like, sitting like as close as we are here right now you know up an old 
box call or something, you know, they don't sound that great to me, but you get 150 yards away in the woods, somebody running at the right rhythm. Now it's real. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. and I think that's the deal too. You know, I've heard lots of callers that, you know, are successful hunters that I didn't feel like were good callers, you know, but you get out two or 300 yards from the woods and think that gum, is that somebody or is that a turkey? Just because they have the right cadence, right rhythm and you know, and, and they're doing what they need to do. Okay. So you said, you know, setups your um, most most important part of a hunt, which I totally agree with. Um, with me and Stephen, we're actually having that conversation on the way down here. Um, but w- what is what is your ideal setup as far as topography? What tree you're picking out? What you know? What is your ideal? If you could have a perfect setup, and you know, obviously you're killing a bird at the end of it. But what are you looking for in the woods that's going to be saying, "Hey, I'm going to set up right here." Well, I mean, I like to think, you know, like I'm sitting in the woods, I like to sit at that tree that is the last tree I can get to before he sees me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I like to get in super tight on turkeys. You know what? All I've ever hunted, you know, is this public ground in the Mark Twain National Forest and down here in southern Missouri. And, you know, them old birds, they, lots of times you're just going to get a peekaboo up above a knoll or a log, and that's all you're going to get to see of him. So mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, the closer you get to him, the better you are. But, you know, and you, and you want to get – on a tree you know it's big enough to cover you that you can get up against but basically just i I like to get tied on them now here in southern missouri it's pretty hilly um in these situations that you're talking on these setups are you wanting to set up above the turkey below the turkey on the same level as the turkey i I prefer setting up above them in the steep ground and usually and that's why I like, I like to use my land as my landscape, you know, to help me. Like, you know, I may strike a turkey and spend, be 100 yards of him, but spend 30 minutes just getting to where I need to be, you know, to get set up. And I usually, like I said, I like to get above him and usually just put a little knob or a little lip between me or him. And like I said, he's got he's to crest it to come see what he's going to see. And that's usually, they're too close then. Yeah. yeah. And then he's made his final mistake. All right. Yeah. You're in <laughs> shotgun range at that point. <laughs> Um, so uh, do you have any, um, I hope this isn't, you know, too revealing. You have any tricks up your sleeve, something that, uh, you don't think most people do that, um, you do use in the woods, just some, you know, like I said, extra card up your sleeve or, or, uh, secret tip. Well, uh, the one thing I, here's one thing I do like, and I don't know if it's really a secret tip, but. I've always said that scratching leaves kills more turkeys than calling ever did. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, lots of times you get in tight them turkeys, just hang up just out of sight. You know, you can shut up on them and just go to scratching the leaves, you know, just psh, 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 just like a turkey does. And mm-hmm. They can't take it. I mean, I mean, it's real at that point in their real. mind. Oh, yeah, it's real. Yeah. I mean, them leaves play a big role. You know, I've had turkeys. I mean, how many times you've been, like I was talking about, getting close to a bird and just trying to get to that perfect setup, and every step you take, he's gobbling at it. You know, he yeah, he yeah, can he hear, can hear you crunching. He can leaves. hear you crunching leaves. I mean, that just that all adds a, another aspect of realism to it. You know, the mm-hmm. leaves involved, because like I said, usually you know them old birds been hunted a little bit and by hunters, and and I'll kind of get into this in a, in a little bit, but you know, there's nothing natural about a hen sitting at the base of a tree and yelping. And never moving. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, yep. that's not turkey. Right. And we're going to, but now, so I guess that's kind of a tip too. You know, sometimes when I go to a bird or going to set up on them, you know, I might even call to them as I'm going to them. One, just to keep tabs on them, make sure that 
where they're at, but also to kind of give the aspect that a hen's moving. Right. And sometimes it's smart not to head straight to him because then you're giving him the idea, hey, she's coming. I'll just sit right here. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you just maybe kind of flank them a little bit and kind of act like you're going to go away. Mm-hmm. But, but another, but here's one trick I do know that works for me. It has worked for me lots of times is, you know, lots of times you'll be sitting on a bird, on a bird and he's hung up just like we was talking. And, uh, but over on the next ridge or a little ways off, there's another bird of gobble. You know, he's, he's not coming to you, but now he's answering. You he can hear what the conversation, mm-hmm. you know, lots of times I'll be a work, the bird I'll be working. I'll just completely ignore him. And I'll start calling like I'm trying to call that other turkey. Every time that other turkey gobble, I'll call to it. You know, and I might even turn my head away from this turkey and, and you know, he'll gobble. I'll never say a word, mm-hmm. nothing. And just really just start concentrating on that mm-hmm. other turkey. And sometimes that's all they need. I mean, it just, that just drives jealousy. Them, jealousy. It just drives them nuts, you know. Yeah. Them shallow yeah. folks. Yeah. That, uh, yeah. We, we uh, talked about something similar to that. Well, a hunt I had last year. Um, on one of our previous podcasts we were talking about and I, I just explained to uh the viewers that to me you just gotta think of a turkey as in just the shallowest high school kids you ever ever met. You know, just there's there's jocks out there and there's nerds and there's women and you gotta <laughs> play that game because the jock might think you know, like you said, might think that uh might think that you know Girl's gonna come straight up to him, but whenever she starts talking to the the sophomore, the freshman nerd, you know, he's gonna get mad and he's gonna come check it out yeah. and probably chase somebody off. And that's when, you know, he's usually too late you know, he's too close at that point. So Yeah, yeah no, uh Travis gave me a little bit in insider information on the way here and he he told me that you do something pretty interesting. Uh when you get within range of a turkey and that turkey shuts up and you're kind of trying to figure out his location. You do something a little, a little different than what I've heard in the most. I don't know if you yeah, know what I'm Le- talking about. Levi, Levi told me so you can, you can, uh, get on to Levi for this one, but yeah, I mean, I do a little something different in those situations that, you know, a lot of people ever do. And I just kind of learned that little trick on my own is I, uh, I get real tight on a turkey and, and, and don't know where he's at. And I don't want to call to him, you know, cause I'm not ready to set up or, you know, it's midday. You don't want to hoot, or I mean, you're really limited what you can do. But I'll just give them a little morning dove, just and they'll hammer it every mm-hmm. time. They'll hammer it. I, I the the closest thing, genius. yeah, the closest thing to that. Me and my brother, um, me and my brothers, but we have a system just if we're hunting our, our home property and we haven't talked to each other is if you think if there's another hen in the area and you think that, you know, it might be your brother or another hunter, um, we do a Bob white quail and, and I've had a, a turkey gobble to that before. Now I haven't, you know, I, the only time I use is whenever I think my brothers are there, yep. <laughs> but, but, or Indians. Yeah. Or yeah. Indians. <laughs> <laughs> but that is uh i i didn't really think about it until uh until levi mentioned yeah it levi you. mentioned it and i was like man that especially being midday that is yeah, a it, it works it's a it's a trick i've used and i and you can't hardly never get one not to gobble to it i mean it they like it you yeah. know i i completely understand it makes sense if you know you're you've been hen calling to him and then all of a sudden he shut up but you don't want to give away your location just yet 
but you want to know where he's at. Right. I mean, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. And, oh, and, and it's you, a little trick. I'm gonna try. Yeah, that's it's for sneaky. Sure. <laughs> and, a lot, and a lot, and it, and that's a lot of times. That's when it does happen. Is when you're talking about being sneaky, you know, because lots of times you've set up on that turkey and he wants to come in, but he's not going to, and you know he's ready, but he's not going to come in. And mm-hmm. you gotta go come, to him. It's time to make a move. You know, you need to mm-hmm. make a move, but then you get to where you're at and you're like. I need to know where this turkey is before I go one more step in any direction. Right. You know, that's not, like I said, I give them the old... <laughs> <laughs> Heck yeah. So yeah I'll that'll be practicing work. that on, home, yeah. on the way home. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, this is going to be a long car ride. <laughs> but so I, uh, I was going to ask uh so your calling style and your hunting style are you you said you get right up on them so that's a pretty aggressive kind of running gun style but are you aggressive as far as uh actually calling to them or, or are you more laid back i want to be aggressive i mean that's the fun that's right that's fun. the fun that's fun you know that's uh yeah if i had my brothers i'd cut and yelp and just have him gobbling 37 times you know coming up there mm-hmm. but but it, that's not always that way you have to you have to let your turkey tell you what he wants. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes they'll get up there and hang up and it just, you know, the scratching the leaves and just purrs and, and less is more and sometimes more is less. You know, and I learned that lesson. Uh, I was hunting down in the boot hill with uh, John Moreland. Mm-hmm. He used to be part of the bloodline with me. And uh, we was taking an outdoor rider. It was Tommy Garner. He's got a, a radio show here south here. And uh, anyway... I was call, trying to call a bird up for Tommy, and uh, this turkey was just ripping it. I mean, and I was calling. It was just like a string. Here he come, and I was, he's loving my cut, and I was cutting. Pop, 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 and, boy, here he come and had Tommy out front of me. But, boy, when he'd get up there and that last little bit, you know, I'd shut up. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's what you do. You know, that's just kind of a textbook. You were talking about textbooks. That's supposedly a textbook <clears throat> deal. Right. Well, this turkey, he'd just lose interest. Lose it. You know, he'd just lose his interest and go away. Well, I'd... Well, soft him then start building up a little bit and boy the more i got well here he'd come right back and i done it again i just once he got in there real tight i just kind of really went to backing her down and anyway ended up not getting this turkey and when i got done with that you know john told me he said why did you why'd you quit cutting and carrying on that turkey he was coming the whole time and he quit when you done it i said well you that's what you do when they get in close he said well it didn't work this time and i thought you know he's He's on to something. You know, that turkey, why did I change it? He was already coming in. So that's what I said. Mm-hmm. You need to listen to your turkey. You know, he was coming to what I was doing. Well, don't do nothing no different. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So did you ever, like, have a situation where that came back up and ended up working out for you? Oh, yeah. I mean, 90% of the time, you know, when a turkey gets in there tight, you know, it less is more. I mean, so in, overall, I mean – I feel like I did the right thing, but that's just that's just how it goes. Every turkey's every person's <clears throat> different. Every turkey's different. Yeah, and that's the truth. I've had birds that absolutely you know fire off to anything, and you think they're going to come in, and then they just keep getting further and further and further and gobbling to you as they're leaving. And then I've had birds that come straight to you and don't say a word. So that birds are just as diverse as just about anything. I think. But you know what. Uh, He's talking about well, how my style of call is. You know, I hunt a lot with my buddy Josh Grossenbacher. You know, he was with the was Zinc and Avian X, and we hunted a lot together when I was calling for them. And uh, he says that I call more than any human he's ever heard in the woods. He said <laughs> he don't know. 
he don't know how I kill anything. The way as much as I call, and I said, "Well, you well just, I'm a world champion turkey caller." Yeah. Well, well, he is too, though. Yeah, oh, he is okay. too. Yeah. That's what I always told him. He said, "I don't know how you kill anything." I said, "Well, just tell that to all the turkeys I've killed." Then. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they. No kidding. Yeah. Now, now when uh, so you you were uh, you were on the zinc call team. You. Uh, were on the AVNX TV show as a guest a few times, um, and then you were a co-host of Bloodline. Um, now I know, I know there's a, uh, I believe it was in Kansas or maybe Oklahoma, and you made a pretty stellar shot on a on a Tom. That I'll let you get into the details because I'll butcher it. But yeah, I was a, uh, well, I was actually hunting with John Morland again. Me and John Morland was out there uh, filming for Bloodline and. Uh, it's the first time I'd ever been bow hunting for turkeys in my life. You know, mm-hmm. first day I'd ever been. And uh, I'd fortunately, I mean, luckily I'd got one that morning, you know, and killed a bird. And we went out and I was trying to get John one. And uh, it was one of those deals. I had him set up and turkeys was in front of us, a gobble and everything's right. And then here come a turkey from the side. You know, here come one from the other direction. Well, he was on my side. So, you know, I got chance at him. But anyway, this turkey, he'd come up a gobble and it was the same deal. He'd. I had him a cut to carry it on. He'd come on a string, and there was a little cedar tree there. And when he'd walk up behind that cedar tree, and I'd get ready to draw, then he'd just stop there, and then he'd go back. And I'd see, he'd come up that cedar tree and go back. And finally, I thought, I'm just going to stay or I was. I don't remember what was happening. I was trying to draw on him or something, and he was seeing me every time and then ducking back, but he was he wasn't spook spook, but he was too committed to leave, and, and he wasn't really liking it either. Right. So anyway, mm-hmm. I thought, well, I'll just, I'm not going to try to draw back when he comes past that tree. I'm going to be drawn. So anyway, he finally made it out in front of that cedar tree, and I was drawn, and he seen me. And boy, he he didn't run, but he started high-stepping or taking away. And I I thought he was 40 yards, so I put the 40 <laughs> on him and let her rip. And, and I mean, turkey just fought, fell over dead, you know. Right. And, uh, oh, wow, I mean, because. When I let it go, I mean, I could tell I'd miss that turkey bad, overshot him bad. <laughs> and anyway, we went, uh, went and looked at turkey, and I shot his head off. <laughs> and, and this isn't, and this isn't with one of those guillotine blades. No, either. this was a swacker broadhead. It was just like shooting oh, him with wow. a field point, right? You know. And uh, <laughs> but anyway, we went back and watched that footage, and I had I'd overshot that turkey bad, and I mean, just as that arrow was, you could see it just about to go right over top of him a long ways it's like he stood on his tippy toes and throwed his head up as far as he could throw it <laughs> and it caught him right in the back of the head just deader um, than a doornail but anyway you know i never you know it was a, just a accident that i got it but i never played it off like that on that i you know boy look yeah. at that shot i made i was trying to hit him in the head yeah. <laughs> but i tried to hit him right dead center in the back i wouldn't yeah just smile and wave yeah, boy yeah. just smile and wave but i <laughs> But I'd wait. I'd be lucky as good. Yeah, no kidding. No <laughs> but kidding. But it was it was pure luck. But it was, I mean, it was it was awesome. I mean, because you, you get the excitement of just turkey hunting, and then you add a bow to that, and then yeah, then, and then you, you know, had a headshot. Then I had a headshot to that, <laughs> and I tagged out the first day I'd ever bow hunted with for turkeys. Yeah, and uh, it was it was a pretty exciting hunt. Yeah, memorable hunt for sure. Now uh, we're on the turkey subject, and every one of the the things that always comes up when you're talking turkeys is the decline in in population. Um, do you think there's anything that uh, that just a not even a landowner, but just a, a turkey hunter 
in Missouri can do or really anywhere, but especially in Missouri, just something that anybody can do to help the turkey population. Yeah, I, I think that uh, the biggest thing that people can do, you know, to help the turkey population is, is predator control. I mean, and by predator control, you know, I'm not necessarily just talking about, you know, coyotes and bobcats get the blame for most of that, you know, but more than likely they're just they're just getting them a turkey every now and then, you know. Right. But, but you know, I feel like our biggest problem is the coons. You mm-hmm. know, uh, I, I, you know, there's been a just a huge increase in the coon population in the last 15 years. You know, uh, like down here where I'm from, you know, when you hear people talk about Missouri, you know, they always talk about Missouri in the 80s. Oh, man, Missouri in the 80s. It was great. I wish you could have hunted back in the 80s. It was – you could hear 30 from – you didn't have to run and gun. You just, if you didn't kill this turkey, you walk to the next turkey. I mean, and you could do it all day. I mean, and the only common ground I could see then that's not now, I mean, now is, you know, like back here then, you know, coon hides was worth a lot of money, you know, mm-hmm. and, and there was people that could make more money coon hunting than they could working, you know, in a sawmill or in the logwoods. And shoot, you know, everybody had a coon dog. Everybody. Yeah. And, and there was hunting clubs and, and every coon dog kill every possum they come across. And and, mm-hmm. and if you wasn't hunting them, you was trapping them. I mean, any way to get a coon killed. And, you know, we had lots of turkeys. Yeah. You know, and now, you know, with all the deer management and everything, you know, there's corn. There's more corn in the woods than there ever was. You know, everybody trying to keep their deer on them and everything. <laughs> and no really any interest in coon hunting. Hides aren't worth nothing. You know, very few coon hunters and coonhound and then trapping you know kind of like other small game you know nobody's it's just kind of a lost sport and you know i just feel our you know our coons are out of balance Mm -hmm. you know i mean total upswing yeah so i mean you know and you know they're not you know nothing against the coons they're just doing their their thing but you know they come across a nest turkey nest they're going to eat it and i think that's where we're losing our I think that's where we're losing ground. Is I don't think the we're nest. hatching out enough turkeys. Yeah, they're not made. And between you know, wet years and coons coming across every good nest, you know, and they're not just eating one egg. You know, they're they're no. probably wiping out the whole kitten caboodle. Oh, oh yeah, when they find it, I mean, it's yeah, gold. Yep. So. Oh yeah, I mean, but and you know, and I don't have no evidence to support this, but a buddy of mine that knows what he's talking about. Uh, you know, he was telling me they'd done a little research, researching turkeys. And, uh, you know, everyone talks about the wet spring, you know, well, if you have a wet spring, you don't have a hatch. And he said, you know, he said, I believe that's got a lot to do with it, but what we're finding, he said, uh, you know, in them wet springs, he said, our mortality to our hens is huge. He said, you know, we're thinking it's cause you know, when no hens on a nest, she's wet and we've all been around a wet turkey. Mm-hmm. You know what it smells like. Oh Yeah. And, you know, the more hens, they sit on the nest all night. And they get stinking. They're, yeah, they're toast. They're toast. You know, coyote, bobcat. And, mm-hmm. But, you know, so you take, you know, what egg, what hens are sitting on the nest, and coons get them. And, and if coyote gets a few off the nest, you know, it's. Big deal. I mean, it's a big deal. I mean, so that all just kind of goes back to predator control, you know. I mean, that's that's about the only thing we can do. Right. You know, I mean you know ourselves you know as if everybody jumped into a little trap and you know we could all we could all help right but yeah. I mean, but you know that's 
I think uh, maybe instead of having all these coyote competitions, maybe we should coon knock it competitions. Down. Yeah, yeah no kidding. Be... And people would be a lot more successful. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <Absolutely>. <laughs> oh yeah, but but while we're talking about the, you know the decline, you know, lots of people. I think it's coons and you know predators. I think it's nesting deal. But no, lot. I'm I'm starting to hear a lot of people, you know. Uh, wanting to close the season down, wanting to get rid of fall season, wanting to, you know, make it one bird, you know. Uh, yeah, I'm not down with that. And, you know, I'm down da- – I mean, I know you're not down with that. I'm down with anything if it helps our turkeys. If if you can convince me 100% that this is the best for my tur- our turkeys, I'm fine with it. But once you lose something, once you start giving them a week or you start giving them a turkey or – or fall season, you know, it's harder to get that stuff back. Mm-hmm. And maybe just jealousy for me, I love it. You know, I I love that there's three weeks of turkey hunt. You know, I've got four kids that I take, mm-hmm. you know, and it, and a wife. You know, there's six of us, and we're trying to fill 12 tags, you know. and Right, yeah. And so I need I need three weeks. <laughs> you know, I know. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, that three weeks comes by yeah, and, and goes just as fast. And for everybody listening, JR's not taking, you know, he's not taking – 20 turkeys off the same piece of, of, of property. He's, he's hunting a very vast, uh, um, oh, I guess a parcel of, of land. Um, and it's not like it's all within, you know, a mile or two, you know, you're hunting. Yeah. I'm hunting 30 miles any direction, but now right down here, you know, we're, we're right in the middle of the Mark Twain national forest and, you know, and, and conservation ground and, and pioneer forest, you know, and there's, Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of acres, you know, right to hunt. So yeah, yeah. that's I cut a pretty wide swath. Right, and <laughs> and uh, up where we're at, um, I just wanted to make make that clarification, just because we're up where we're at. I mean, you are hunting, you know, twenty acres here, forty acres there, maybe a hundred or two hundred if you're lucky, you know. So you uh, take twelve uh, twelve turkeys off a forty acre parcel, you're you're doing really all, good, but you, that's pretty much yeah. You killed all your turkeys. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> good luck next year. Right. Yeah. No kidding. And uh, and I've I've had it to where you know I I took uh, friends out in high school and I learned learned my lesson there because uh, and you know I wanted everybody to get a bird and you know there was a year that uh, I took everybody and their brother and most of them did get a bird but guess what the next three years it was hard to you know hard to pin one down and uh and after that you know i i, I didn't take uh yeah. <laughs> didn't take near as many people <laughs> you know me and my my dad maybe a brother or you know a real close buddy but that was it you know you're better man to me because i've got hundreds of thousands of acres out down here and i still don't like to take too many people yeah no no <laughs> especially if you got a honey hole that's yeah. that's the the, it's just hard to beat some of that time, you know, with friends, like you were oh, saying. Oh yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Just yeah, I was just I was just ribbing him a little. Oh, bit. Oh yeah. <laughs> and, and if uh, if the buddy has a place to go, that makes it a lot easier to yes, take them. Yes, it does. That makes a lot. Oh yeah, absolutely. Then if you're, you're taking not, them to your your honey holes and right. But no, all them all that when when you all look when you look back and see, you know, you was talking about all them favorite hunts of all time that'll be with a buddy or two buddies you know like you said high school you know some of my fondest memories is hunting with the kids that i grew up in high school you know we's mm-hmm. green we's learning as we went and, oh yeah and you know three or four of us would go at a time you know and and you know i wouldn't trade that for anything now you know right a lot of stuff you know in the hunting world is, is kind of like you 
mentioned in there, you know, there's a lot of, you know, jealousy and not kind of the old family traditions that, you know, I was used to hunting with, you know, the, the right. camaraderie and the hunting and, and, you know, I enjoy that. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Me too. Uh, now before, uh, before we get to the end of this, cause we're, I'm close, I'm running out of, uh, my questions here, but, uh, you have, uh, you have your own line of calls now and the thunder down correct no rolling thunder rolling thunder sorry my bad but uh yeah you've got your own uh own signature series out now yeah i got a i got a three read combo cut and a two read combo cut and a cutter call and And, uh I just ordered mine uh, last week. Oh, so. bless you, bless you. <laughs> I'm excited. Where can you find those at? You can find them at uh, uh, Bass Pro, Cabela's, uh, Midway USA, uh, uh, Midwest Turkey Supply, or and or you can go to Rolling Thunder uh, so, website. Uh, what I'm assuming is is you you get one of these calls and you put it in your mouth and you sound just like J.R. Lanham. Is that no, you sound just like a turkey. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you're supposed to sound like. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but other than that, I'm. I got a couple. I got a yeah, question. Go for it. Um, just you know, not every day you get to talk to a world class turkey caller. So, you know, me being fresh in the game, I'd I'd love to know, you know, any tips or tricks to to getting to be better at turkey calling just for turkeys? I think that, you know, you need to listen to lots of turkeys and, you know, learn and learn their cadence, run their, learn their rhythms. But as far as, you know, like I'm, I'm mostly, I'm a mouth call guy. I like to use mouth calls and to be better with mouth call, you just got to get that thing in your mouth and start making noise. I mean, it's constant practice. I mean, people can't even, I can't even really tell you how to do it. You know, I could sit and work with you a little bit, but, just getting it to make noise and then getting the rhythm you want and making it sound like a turkey, but it just takes a ton of practice with a mouth call. And that's all it is. You know, that's how when I got started, uh, you know, I went hunting with my dad and my uncles and, and everybody back then, you know, this would have been late 80s, early 90s. You know, my everybody talked about my dad was the turkey call. You know, he's, man, he's good on a mouth call. Everybody had to do a one-sided lynch box call. Nobody had mouth calls, really. But, but my dad could really run one. So, boy, I wanted – everyone made a big deal out of it, you know. And I wanted to be just like him, you know. Mm-hmm. And, boy, he went starting to show me how to do it. And I couldn't make a noise. I'd put that thing in. I couldn't do nothing. And he spent time I – mean, I don't know how much time he'd tell me what to do and what to do. And I never could do it. I mean, never could. And nothing. And just kind of got – downhearted about it and set them down and the next spring i picked them up and put them in and away i went and just like i'd done it i mean kind of like muscle memory there's almost. an there's an aha moment when yep. it comes to any kind of mouth calling whether it's a duck a goose or a turkey or an elk or anything i believe i that's how it's always been for me at least because it, it's just I know for me to get a cadence out of a, a duck call whenever I was first starting, it took me two years, and then it was an aha moment. Yeah. And then everybody's, you know, said, "Man, you sound, you know, you sound pretty good on that thing." And I always told them, you know, I better because doggone, it took me two, two and a half years to get here. <laughs> you know, but it was it was constant practice until that moment, and and I think any kind of mouth call or really any kind of call at all, but especially mouth calls. Cause there's a certain, 
you know, an air pressure and a, a technique with each one, uh, tongue movement or, or, you know, diaphragm, diaphragm usage and, and, you know, back pressure that you got to nail down for you sound, you know, worth the darn at all. And it's kind of like when I, you know, when I first started going to the NWTF sanctioned events and competing, I, uh, I couldn't cluck on a mouth call. Mm-hmm. It's one of the easiest things. It's one of the easiest things to do. I could purr. You know, a lot of people have trouble purring. I mm-hmm. could purr on a mouth call, and it was unbelievable. And then I'd have to cluck. You know, they'd ask for the cluck and purr, and I'd purr on a mouth call and then cluck on a slight call because I couldn't cluck. Yeah. You know, and and man, that drove me wild. And it's just like you said, I practice and practice and practice. Well, shoot, now I can't even explain how I couldn't do it, you know? Right, yeah. And you probably can't purr without clucking hardly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it sounds like the biggest takeaway from uh, – from this is just keep practicing, mm-hmm. you know, yep. try to make that sound and, yep. and imitate a turkey as best you can. And the more you work at it, the better you're going to get. Down the calling part, but now for as far as killing the turkeys, that woodsmanship, that's a go-to thing. I mean, that can't, that's the most important in my opinion. Mm-hmm. You know, everything's different situations. And that's why we've been doing this series is we hope that we run into a situation or a scenario and we see how the turkeys react, and hopefully, you know, by relaying that information, then you guys already got the cheat codes, yeah. you know, that hopefully that, and it's not going to be like that for every every time, you know, we're probably going to get some emails that's cussing us, because we're like, well, you said on your podcast, <laughs> yeah. if I call to this Jake, yeah, that that but, time's coming. But if they weren't all different, and they'd all work like it was supposed to, it wouldn't be as fun. Exactly. You know, that's what makes it, every turkey's different, every... They can be the smartest creature I have ever seen, and they can also be the dumbest creature I've ever seen. You know, just come running in and can't run them off. You know, I've, you'll see it all. That's what makes it so exciting. You, you know, it's you never know what you're going to get. Yeah. yeah. Whenever a bird acts like they know that there's a, a human on the other side of that call and just won't come in for nothing, or you can shoot one dead and three other just stand around and look at them or flog them or and and don't run off i mean that like you said they're oh, the smartest yeah. dumb creature i've ever ever yeah or when you with. when you bust or you know you get one shot and you shoot him and just as soon as the gun goes off the next one over on the next point gobbles it's gonna be a good day yeah you know that's no the- kidding no kidding that i've had uh birds that when me and dad were hunting together that i shot one and man i had a nasal infection or something at the time and I was breathing real hard because I had to. I didn't put the best shot on him. I guess it was through some brush, and I had to run him down a little bit. <laughs> I was breathing heavy, and I was thinking, "Man, thank goodness, Dad's here. He's gonna be able to either carry my gun, or I was probably 15, carry my gun, or carry this bird back for me." And right about that time, gobbler hammered on the next hill over, and Dad said. I'm going to go after him. <laughs> and I was like, man, but it was a long walk back to the truck. I know that. But, but like you're saying, though, you know, there's days that, you know, you can kill a turkey when a shotgun goes off. Turkeys just gobble back and forth. And then there's days that turkeys be a goblin and somebody slam a car door a half a mile away. And, and you not hear a turkey there for two more days, mm-hmm. you know, and it's over, you know, because yeah. they're that finicky. I mean, it's. Yep. I completely agree. Well, um, Travis, do you have any other questions you'd like to cover? I think I'm good. Jr., is there anything else you would you like to cover that we haven't covered? That no, I'd like. Covered? I mean, I'd like to thank you guys for 
having me on. Well, we appreciate you coming on, and uh, this was a fun one. And yeah. I'm going to have to go back and listen to it again because uh, there's a lot of good information in here. And, uh, yeah, like I said, I appreciate you coming on. All righty. Well, guys, we will see you on the next one.